0: You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 78 with Kim Maravich. I was putting something out there for people that wasn't just nutrition-based, but it was addressing all elements of cancer prevention, um, how to recognize when you might have some warning signs for cancer. um, And I also addressed second cancers, which is...
1: Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. Um, so I like to start off every show with an icebreaker, and I love to ask my guests, "What is your favorite vacation spot that you have gone to, and why?" And this can be with or without kids. Okay, I like this question. So. I my favorite vacation spot
0: was when my husband and I went to Cabo San Lucas, and honestly, I think it was because we didn't have kids yet. <laughs> because yeah,
1: I get that. I, yeah, <laughs> I
0: feel like traveling since we've had kids has been really difficult, and we've just done beach trips, you know, like just yeah. to Myrtle Beach since mm-hmm. then. But um, Cabo was just great. We because we stayed at a Hilton. It was like this luxurious. My husband had a lot of points from sure. work. So right. we got to stay at this yeah. like awesome place. And we met so many young couples who were like in the same boat. They didn't have kids yet. And we just hung out with them at the pool and we went, um, zip lining and we had rented a car. And so we went into the town a few times and just like explored the you know, the culture of the area too. And it was just so relaxing. We did all the things like the spa treatments and slept in and yeah. Oh, yeah. just drank yeah. drank by the pool and <laughs> just stuff that you really can't do when you have yeah, kids. So, no, no. and it's just such a gorgeous place. I don't know if you've been there before, but it's awesome. Just um, beautiful.
1: We, that was one of our stops, I think on a cruise. So it was very uh-huh. brief. Um, yeah. but no, we, we went to Cancun for our anniversary, our, our honeymoon, and then our first year anniversary. But I mean, we were talking way back and we haven't, and then <laughs> yeah. we went on a cruise and then, it, and it went to Mexico. But other than that, we haven't gone, um, in a long time. So, um, yeah, a lot of people that come on the show, uh, Mexico is one of their, their trips <laughs> that they mentioned. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Our honeymoon, we went to Riviera Maya, which is on oh, the yeah. other coast. right Cancun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But Cabo, it's funny because it's on the other coast and it's, it's actually like a desert. It's so weird because oh. off of the ocean, it's desert. It seems so strange that you can have a desert that close to the, yeah. to the ocean. But it does. Yeah. When we ziplined, we went over like just this huge oh. just, like, canyon area. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's really yes, cool. That was- we just went to Scottsdale um, for my birthday and we went to Sedona and, mm. uh, you know, just being in the desert, it was, it was beautiful, but there's no ocean right next to it. So I can't even imagine <laughs> like having an ocean next to that, but yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's I feel pretty like beautiful. I was just talking to somebody on another episode and they were talking about Hawaii and Kauai has, um, they were talking about, I don't know if it was a field or kind of like desert. I don't know. I could be mixing my stories, but it was very odd. It was kind of like what they were describing is what you're saying. Like there's the ocean, but then there's all this dry land. Um, So yeah, that's, that's interesting. It's the best of both worlds, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, let's, let's jump into the episode. Um, How about you tell us a little bit about yourself? So your name, where you're from, how many kids you have, and then we'll get into how you got to where you are today.
0: Okay, sure. Uh, My name is Kim Maravich. And um, I live just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in Cranberry Township. Uh, And I am married to my husband, Jim, and we have two little boys. Um, Nathan is four and Adam is two. He'll be three next month. Um, So we are very busy (laughs) in our house. And I I, I grew up in this area too. So I've always been a Pittsburgh girl. Um, But yeah, this is just a it's a very fun time and I'm I've mentioned to you off the air that I'm an older mom. I had my first son at 38 and my second at 40. So this is a whole new ball game, You know, yeah. I worked for so long and was, you know, single for some time. My husband and I didn't get married until I was, th- I think, 37. Mm. Um, yeah. So, you know, have, yeah. being an older mom and like the oldest mom in the preschool is definitely <laughs> different.
1: <laughs> but uh, I think it helps keep me young, too. It does. <laughs> I do feel like that. So how did you get to where you are today? I, you know, um, I wanted to bring you on to talk about cancer and preventing cancer and the, like the foods that we can eat and the things that we can do. But how did that actually all come up for you? And, and where did you start? Okay, well, I'll, I'll try to make it a,
0: a short thing because I, like you said, I've lived most of my life before having yeah. kids. But <laughs> um, so my, my career background has been quite varied. So my undergraduate degree was in English. And the reason I mentioned that is because... That came into play when I decided to write a book <laughs> down the road. Um after college, I went to a liberal arts school, Wittenberg University. and you know, it's like you kind of just pick a major, but it doesn't really gear you towards like a specific career. So um after college, I ended up going to nursing school and became a registered nurse. And I worked for a time in a cardiac care unit at the hospital that was affiliated with the nursing school. And um, so that began my interest in health. Um, my favorite class in nursing school was in nutrition. So again, and that was always just something I was personally interested in anyway. Um, but then working in this care setting, it was really, really difficult. Most people were extremely sick, had multiple illnesses, not just cardiac disease, but perhaps cancer on top of that. Most had diabetes. Um, it just, for me, it wasn't a great match because it was like one emergency after another every single day. As you can imagine working in cardiac care, um, you never knew what you were walking into each day. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew I needed to leave that. I wasn't really interested in the sick care element. Um, But I, you know, I think in retrospect, I could have gone in a different path in nursing, but I just like at that time I wanted out of the hospital setting. So I ended up, this sounds very strange, but I went back to school and got my master's in teaching. Um, And I know that sounds weird. And I taught elementary school for (laughs) for quite some time. Um, My mom had been an elementary educator. And I think I just sort of wanted, I knew I still wanted to work with people and help people. So it's still a helping profession. um, But I just wanted something that was like more uplifting for me and not quite as stressful or stressful in a different way. So I became an elementary educator. And I taught second grade for about twelve years, and I never um, gave up my license. Though I always my nursing license, I always did con- the continuing education credits and made sure I stayed on top of that because I didn't want to lose that license. Um, and I never knew, you know, where it might come into play again. Well, lo and behold, it did. <laughs> After I had um, my second son, I decided to resign from working to stay at home was largely based on the fact that my husband travels extensively and he's just gone a lot. So everything was on me. um, And I just knew that I really couldn't do it all and then try to work full time and do all the planning that goes along with teaching and the daycare and the bed and bath and all that. So I ended up resigning from teaching to stay at home. And you talked about how, you know, when you've had a, a life before having kids, it's, It's hard, you know, when you make that transition. Mm -hmm. And as much as I was so grateful to be at home with the kids, I was kind of like, well, like, where am I in all this? You know, like I felt in some ways like I had lost myself. Like, you know, who was I now besides a mom? So just for something that I enjoyed doing, and this was fun for me, it wouldn't be fun for a lot of people, but I started writing articles for just a user-generated website um, in the area of health and nutrition. And so I would just, you know, pick, you know, something that I would be interested in researching, like collagen, for example, um, the benefits of, you know, um, drinking collagen or collagen hydrolysate or gelatin. And so, you know, I'm writing articles about these things that were quote unquote superfoods. Some, a lot of the articles began getting picked up by other websites to be featured on them. So I thought, well, maybe you know, I'm writing in a way that, you know, people are interested in the topics, maybe um, in the way that I'm writing them. And so I started to do that like as a hobby, and I was just getting paid like pennies. It wasn't like, you know, like a career or anything. And I would just do it when my kids were sleeping. So it was just very sporadic. But that started my interest in cancer prevention because lo and behold, a lot of these foods that I was uh, researching had some connection. With cancer prevention, they were being studied, doing lab studies or at studies, and um, that how you know in isolation that compounds in these foods could actually turn off um, tumors or t- turn off blood blood flow to these tumors. So s- these foods are called anti-angiogenic foods. So angiogenesis is the abnormal blood vessel formation that occurs if someone has a cancerous tumor, mm. and that's all. And that's all how, also how metastasis works. Oh, okay. so. Yeah, so if you you know if you can picture these ab- this cluster of abnormal cells, which you know on like in ultrasound or whatever they would say was a tumor, you see these really abnormal tiny blood vessels growing into the tumor, and f- essentially feeding the tumor. Well, some of these foods had been studied and shown that they could actually stop those blood vessels from forming and from feeding tumors. So to me, that was super fascinating. And I think people always know that, oh, you know, you want to eat lots of antioxidants and fruits and vegetables. But the reason behind that for cancer prevention was so just kind of groundbreaking to me. And I didn't think that a lot of people knew that. So that started my the idea for the book that I've recently written 360 health. And um, so it began with the nutrition focus. And then I went into other aspects of cancer prevention from there.
1: Yeah, well, and what made you decide to write the book? Well,
0: I think there was a lot of things that were happening. Um, So, first of all, it was like these articles um, geared me to, I I had so much information, like more than I could even put it like, you know, an article for nutrition. But around the same time, my mother in law, um, we didn't know what was happening at first. And there were a lot of misdiagnoses along the way, but she was dying of cancer. She had had lymphoma 20 years ago. And was having all these like mysterious symptoms that were lasting in retrospect for probably at least half a year before she passed, if not, you know, almost a year, um, headaches and, um, severe headaches, um, digestive issues. And she was getting scans and things and nothing was really showing up. And we didn't realize until about a month before she died that she did have cancer. Um, and it was a second cancer, Um, And that's something that I address in the book, too. But I just wanted, so to answer your question, I wanted to make sure that I was putting something out there for people that wasn't just nutrition-based, but it was addressing all elements of cancer prevention, um, how to recognize when you might have some warning signs for cancer. um, And I also addressed second cancers, which is when somebody has had a primary diagnosis, even up to years or decades later, they are at a higher risk for developing a second cancer unless they've made a lot
1: of lifestyle changes. Mm, Yeah. Well, and, uh, this might be skipping ahead a little bit, so we can kind of like, we'll come back and break things down. But, um, what is your thoughts with people doing radiation and chemo? I don't know if it's the chemo part or the radiation or something, um, Mm -hmm. that people say that, that, alone can sometimes make cancer come back. Is that true or not? Have you read it anything is, about that? It is,
0: it is true. Um, and, and not across the board. It's not like a black and white kind of thing. Sure. Um, but having exposure to prior radiation definitely um, increases your risk for developing cancer again, um, as well as chemotherapy. And one example I like to share, is because this is sort of like maybe people have heard about this, but Robin Roberts, who's the oh, yeah, host the co-host. of the Morning America, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm, Um, so she had had breast cancer and went through chemotherapy and she developed, I think, believe it's called MDS. And I can't remember off the top of my head what that stands for, but it's a second kind of cancer that was in a bone marrow. Mm -hmm. And so she ended up having to get a bone marrow transplant. I believe she got it from her sister. Mm. And so there are occasions when something like that can happen. Now, by and large, people are okay, but yes, it does increase your risk of developing cancer. Yeah, um, And I think, you know, it's hard to, you can't, I can't give a, like a blanket answer for this because it depends on the kind of cancer. It depends on the severity of the cancer, you sure. know? Right. Um, so it, it's, it's definitely a decision that you have to make yeah. you know, with your physician, but you are, you, you do need to be aware that, you know, when you are getting treatment for cancer, that some of the treatments can predispose you to developing it again, but again, um, just knowing the symptoms, you know, of cancer and knowing that you could be predisposed will help you possibly make decisions to, you know, be screened more often to be in regular checkups with your doctor.
1: Yeah. Hey, you guys! Today's sponsor is by an amazing mom named Jill Wiley, and she loves to share her passion for DoTerra essential oils. DoTerra essential oils are pure safe, natural, and effective. If you've been sitting on the fence to trying essential oils, this is your perfect opportunity. Jill is offering mom-inspired show listeners a special. If you buy the doTERRA Family Essential Kit, also known as the Feel Better Kit, this kit includes 10 of the most popular oils. She is going to give you a free roller kit set, either the Baby and Mama or the Happy and Healthy Kids set. So, If you've been wondering what all the hype is about with essential oils and not knowing which company to trust, this is the perfect time to try it out. You will get amazing products that are safe for you and your family, and you will also get one-on-one support from Jill with any questions you may have. If you want to check out the roller kits, make sure to go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash oil kits, and you will find Jill's contact information there. Let's get back to the show. So this leads me to the first question. I wanted to break things into groupings. So I wanted you to share with us different things that we can do to help prevent cancer. So I thought, Mm -hmm. let's start with the food. And I know you mentioned that a little bit earlier, but what foods would you say are most important to help us prevent cancer and why? So if okay. people, if people can walk away from this and just kind of have, you know, especially we, we have moms listening to the show, right? So there's my mm-hmm. kids yelling in the car and, you know, they're trying to do <laughs> stuff. So I, if they're just walking away with like, you know, four to five things that they're like, yes, I know I can do this. Um, that, that, that is my hope, uh, for today. So go ahead and, and mention, uh, the foods and then we'll just kind of go down the list on other things that they can kind of, you know, small changes that they, that you can do that are going to be impactful.
0: Okay. Sure. Um, I think it is important to focus on things that you can do versus things that you have to avoid. Um, there are things to avoid, but there's a million, <laughs> you know, right? And so it's better to just like arm ourselves with proactive steps towards cancer prevention. So what and, and a lot of these are pretty intuitive. Um, the reasons behind may not be intuitive, but um, these are things that you likely know. So one of the probably the very most important thing is to increase your vegetable intake. Um, if you can get organic, great. If you can't, it's still important to increase your vegetables. So, um, dark leafy greens are probably the most important things like kale and spinach and bok choy. They're just filled with folate and nourishing micronutrients. Um, and so really focusing on getting like 10 to 12 servings a day, if that's the one thing you could change, that's what you need to do. So would just you to say inc- increase? I'm that. sorry.
1: Is 10 to 12 no? servings like? Are you thinking like 10 to 12 cups? Is that what we're kind of thinking it about depends. when we say this in a day?
0: Yes, but it also depends on the on the vegetable. But yeah, I would I would say if you you know like a cup serving, or if you yeah. just look at you know like um, what you can fit in like the palm of your hand yeah. is is a, right. is a good yeah. yeah recommendation. So one thing I like a tip I like to give people is to roast your vegetables. I don't I mean this sounds like so weird but I, I, this is something I just like discovered recently sure. and what, what I is swear it? it no it's just okay so just take whatever any any vegetable a lot of like you know root vegetables asparagus um yeah. carrots potatoes like anything sweet potatoes um, and all that yeah yeah broccoli and cauliflower mm-hmm. too and you can even take it from like a frozen but so I just I put it in a bowl or even in a Ziploc bag pour some I like avocado oil because yeah. it's super nourishing, but it also has a very high smoke point, so you don't have to oh, worry about yes. the, you know oxidizing um avocado oil, I like something called spike it's a seasoning, and I, people like some people like really love this and i, I it was a newer thing to me i didn't, hadn't heard of I've it I heard of it what is it yeah. So it's just a combination of spices and um, you can get it on Amazon. I don't know if my local grocer carries it. I just ordered some on Amazon, but it's Spike, S-P-I-K-A. And there's different, I just get the original, Um, but there's nothing like weird in it. You know, there's not like gluten or dairy or it's just like just a combination of spices. And I just sprinkle that all over the vegetables. Mm. And so then I stir it up in a bowl or shake it up in a Ziploc bag, put it on um, a tray and roast the vegetables at 450. And depending on the vegetable, it's like anywhere from like 20 to 40 minutes, just depends on what vegetable. I'm telling you, I have increased my vegetable intake oh, by wow. at least half by doing this. I bought a, like a bag of um, organic baby carrots. They were like rainbow colored. Oh, I yeah. Entire, yeah. I ate the entire bag in one sitting that way. Wow. Because That's really when you cool. Bro- yeah. And when you roast it, it takes down like the water content, and it helps to break the fibers down a little bit. But you're yeah. not really losing the vitamin content. Sure. you know, right? This, like perhaps a tiny bit, but but it but the the amount that you can take in this way is just right, versus
1: raw. Yeah, yeah, raw is really hard to get down that many. So, vegetables. Hard, so hard, yeah.
0: So that's just like one tip I, I like to share because I really feel like it helps. And, and it actually makes the vegetables a lot more palatable. Like my son ate asparagus the other day. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm shocked.
1: He's four, you know. That's awesome. There's no,
0: way. There's no way he would really, you know, eat that if it was steamed. Or... Yeah,
1: yeah. No, that is so really cool. And I wasn't yeah. gonna ask you, is coconut, can you, coconut oil, can you yes. cook at a high level too? It's just not olive yeah. oil, right?
0: Yeah, right, right. Well, olive oil, you can, you just have to be careful. I'm not exactly sure. The smoke point of avocado oil is like, almost 500 degrees. So that's why I use that. Oh, but nice. Olive, okay. Yeah. So olive oil is fine. Um, but I would say you need to probably roast it for longer at a lower temperature.
1: I see. For yeah. Because 450 so. is high. It's high. It's yeah. High, but it, it, you know, them done. Yeah. Quicker. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. So if yeah. people can start just kind of mm-hmm. getting in their vegetables and I've heard too that sometimes eating kale raw is actually not good I for know. you for some reason, but I don't know what the, The reason is behind that. Do you? There's
0: there's some thing. Well, some, some of these vegetables and cruciferous cruciferous vegetables can have goitrogenic effects like on your thyroid. Um, I think it's, it's, I think what the, what the solution is, is to vary your, your greens. So I, I actually, what I do in the morning is I make smoothies. So I'll, I'll either use some, some weeks I'll buy a thing of spinach. The next week I'll buy a kale. Sometimes I'll take some bok choy. So I think just to vary it up a little bit, and just you know making sure that you're just not eating one thing all the time. Yeah. If you have like you know a thyroid disorder, it might be something to consider. The, so sure. Certain certain ones, and see what works for you. But I think just trying to
1: vary it as much as you can. Yeah, for sure. Well, and before we move on to the next yeah. um, stage, is there something else that you were like definitely add this to your diet to to help you prevent cancer?
0: Well, we've already mentioned the oils, like the avocado, olive oil, coconut oil. Those are super he- healing. Oh, um, okay. So for, what? Ex- yeah. explain a little bit about why those are good
1: for this purpose.
0: Okay. So your cell membranes are made out of fats. And when we are taking in, taking in these healing fats, now these it's important that it's this kind of fat and not something like canola oil or soybean oil you have to be very careful with those. Um, but these are very nourishing and they nourish us from the inside out, like I said, at the cellular level. So they help to strengthen um, it, our immunity. And even like coconut oil has lauric acid in it, which is antibacterial. So there are a lot of, it could be healing for the digestive tract, healing for our cells. So really it helps, um, you know, just make a stronger matrix from within. Um, so I really, I think those are important. And they're also satiating as well. So you're less prone to be eating things like, you know, sugary foods and stuff mm, that you shouldn't be yeah. eating. Yeah. Um, one other thing I like to mention, this is kind of a um, touchy subject in some realms, um, but grass-fed beef, um, grass-fed liver, those are very, very, very nourishing. And the reason I'm saying it's controversial is because um, some people advocate a largely vegan diet, you know, for cancer oh, right. prevention. Yeah. Um, the research isn't doesn't really go one way or the other, but it does lean towards in, in, um, incorporating some very if you're eating very healthy forms of these proteins um because they contain things like vitamin B12 in large amounts which is if you're vegan you have to supplement with that um zinc and iron and then CLA conjugated linoleic mm, acid yeah. it's a very very powerful antioxidant which is just it's so dense and rich in grass-fed beef um so those are things that are super nourishing for our bodies and you know, if you are a
1: vegan, you're going to have to supplement with some of these things. Um, and but if you're not I, a vegan, I, how, how often would you say to eat uh, the beef, like uh, the grass fed beef? Like if I, in an ideal world to try to get the vitamins and nutrients that you're talking about, what would you recommend? I would say several times a week, two okay. to three times a week. Don't, you don't
0: want to be worried about the saturated fat. Um, right, that is right. that's a myth. And I think probably your audience knows that, but that's not something you need to worry about. Um, if you're eating conventional beef, definitely not. <laughs> you want to be staying away from um traditionally uh conventionally raised uh so are you beef. talking
1: organic grass grass fed beef? Because can there be grass fed yeah. beef that's not organic? Or is it um, all grass fed beef organic? That's
0: a good question. I'm not I, I do think that a lot of times it's not labeled as organic.
1: Um I, I really is it more think, just though, focusing it, on the grass part? I think it's the grass part yeah.
0: because, right. Because the animal is eating what nature intended it to eat. Sure. Um, when the beef are eating things like grains and God forbid, like candy and things. I mean, what? they throw some. Yeah. <laughs> something I just recently. They're feeding heard. cows Mark, candy. Yeah. Mark Hyman just came out with a book. Oh my Do you gosh. know Mark Hyman? Yes, He's, I do. Yeah. yeah so I love he, him. Mm-hmm. And he, and I was reading it. It's called uh, uh, food, what the heck should I eat? Or I think something like that. <laughs> and um, he has the section in there on um how, yes, there was like a truckload of red what? Skittles that overturned on a highway and they were going to a, a lot to feed the cattle. Yeah, because it's anything that plumps up the cattle. Like some, Skittles. You, have gar- oh yes, my gosh. you have to be so, so, so careful. You have no idea what's going into oh traditionally raised um, cows. <sighs> they're not grass fed or if it's not organic,
1: they likely have- crazy.
0: Antibiotics pumped into them and hormones injected into them, and those are all things you need to avoid. So sourcing is of utmost importance. Yeah. Um, But if you can get grass-fed beef, or you know, um, grass-fed liver, or if you can supplement, I take a desiccated liver capsule, um, which is a supplement um, from grass-fed sources. Those are super nourishing for your body. Is that
1: the same as an omega, or is it totally different? No, it's different. Different. Okay, we'll go into the supplements in a minute. Um, So uh, cause time is flying. Uh, I know. so we're going to, so you're talking about, um, organic or grass fed beef and liver and, yep. um, and then upping your vegetables. And so, yep. and then if you are vegan or vegetarian, you need to kind of add in those, uh, vitamins and supplements, which you can probably touch base when we get to yep. that part. Hey, you guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to tune in next Tuesday for part two with Kim. If you have not subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list, make sure to do that. Why? Because every episode will show up in your email and that way you won't forget. So for me, sometimes I just forget that there's even podcasts happening and then I see it in my email and I'm like, oh yes, and then I can see the show notes and see what it's about and all the contact information about the guests. So make sure you do that. If you are looking at it on your phone, the MomInspiredShow.com. You're just going to scroll all the way to the bottom and click subscribe. You just put your name and your email in and you will be all set. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week.